Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, bonus episode number six. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? John, I'm doing great. We are VMware solution engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Hey, yeah, so... We are doing another bonus episode. I I don't know what the right ratio of bonus episode to regular episode is, but like our ratio has been pretty high in bonus episodes recently. But uh, we wanted to keep it a little bit timely, and uh, here we are. What were we trying to be timely about? Well, anything can happen in a bonus episode, John. But in this particular bonus episode, we're just sharing our experiences at VMworld US 2019. Again, taking that career perspective, not talking about the technology or the announcements, but trying to give people advice about how you might need to spend your time if you work for the vendor who's putting the conference on and how that's a little bit different from attending as a customer or someone who has no after-hours type responsibilities when they go to a conference? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think that, um, you know, it was interesting to, to think about that perspective, especially right in the moment, right? Because we were in the middle of it, you know, or I guess towards the tail end of it right there. And I think we were both pretty tired. It was the Thursday we had been on, on uh, I think my, my sister who works for Disney calls it... Um, on stage. <laughs> we had been on stage uh, since Sunday, and uh, we were there talking about it, you know, in in the middle of the experience, and you could you can hear how drained we were. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty tired, and, you know, for people who don't even go out and stay out late, we were tired, so I imagine the folks who really stayed out late that Thursday was just kind of a wash for them. I just don't see how they kept going. Yeah, I mean, I... I came in for a Wednesday morning uh, session, and and I was surprised to see the number of people there at the conference, you know, who had gone out to like a uh, the the Wednesday evening like concerts and stuff and all those parties. But yeah, it was it was a pretty uh, pretty awesome experience. I think you know again just draining overall, but really cool to kind of listen back to what we thought about it in the moment. We should have done that more often. I think uh, maybe even recorded a little bit more. Maybe talk to other people. Yeah. Well, you know, all the people we wanted to talk to, I guess, had already left. I don't know. <laughs> well, we didn't need to wait till Thursday to, to do any recording. Um, I One thing that, that we didn't talk about, because it hadn't happened yet, but um, I had actually gotten uh, retweeted uh, uh, Ramsey Marjava's uh, um, live uh, event about... Um, uh, he was doing a, a YouTube video, and uh, I retweeted it. And then he reached out to me a little bit later on, I think that Thursday, and said, hey, do you want to actually be the guest on it? So um, we'll put a link in the show notes to that interview, which is even later that day, uh, and me even more exhausted talking about uh, what it's like to be at VMworld as an SE. Yeah, that was actually a good video. Highly encourage watching it. 
But nonetheless, let's hear what we have to say in bonus episode six. Here we go. This is a Candid Conversations with Nick and John, completely unrehearsed, and we certainly have not tried to do this for an hour before, and uh, only afterwards found out that the uh, card was on uh, read-only mode. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, so this is going to be the low-energy version of this recording. It's completely unscripted. Yeah. We did practice, but we didn't even mean to practice. No, we didn't mean to. I mean... You know, we had to turn away, what, are, what were you think, about a hundred different people that wanted stickers and to be part of the podcast? Yeah, hundred people. <laughs> so, he is low energy. <laughs> Get this man a coffee. Um, Double many, espresso, yeah. yeah? How many stickers do you think you gave away during the show? How many stickers? Not enough. Okay. So I, I met John Hildebrand and somehow didn't give him a sticker. But I did give Paul Wilbur Jr. one. Ah. I gave one to a few other people, but I don't know how I missed giving someone who's been on the show a sticker when I saw them. Yes, I saw um, Joseph Griffiths Jr. And did not even think to give him a sticker until the first time we had this conversation. <laughs> and, and the first time we had it was only a little while ago. Yeah, I mean, it's true. fresh on your mind. How's the show been for you, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> There's our icebreaker. <laughs> it's been, you know, it's been pretty good. I didn't really do a lot of evening type events in terms of parties. That's not really my thing. I... I don't like to go to places where I know it's going to be super loud and you can't talk to people because I think it's fun to talk to people I know or don't know at these types of shows, whether it's VMworld or somewhere else, and just, what do you do? What are you interested in learning about? You know, how can I sign you up for the John White School of Mentoring? <laughs> we, um, we actually got to talk to some people for a while at the VExpert party. V-Expert, we did. Um, the uh, VMware Customer Advocacy Program, and uh, I thought that that was uh, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We, I, I personally didn't get to rotate through and you know do the um, do the rounds as well as like somebody like Al Rashid does. You know, comes up, introduces himself, you know, has a meaningful conversation, excuses himself, you know, moves along. Like that guy has it down. Yeah. He, he knows how to get it done. Uh, I like met two people and then talked to them for the rest of the night. <laughs> well, to be fair, we both talked to them for quite a while. Yeah. Because they were interesting dudes. Brian and Chris, shout mm-hmm. out to you guys. Brian and Chris. Now, in terms of the people you talked to, were they here to do... I don't think a lot of people come to do the kind of networking that Al Rashid is capable of. <laughs> but did the people you talk to come to network? Did they come to do sessions? Did they come to talk to vendors? Did they come to party? Did they come to blow off the conference <laughs> and vacation in San Francisco? Yeah, I do see a, a shockingly large number of people eating lunch at 1 o'clock. But I'm, I'm just assuming that there were some sessions that like went to 1 o'clock. I, I, I don't know. The, the thing that I heard the most often were that people were, you know, went to the keynotes 
and they had specific sessions in mind, which is kind of the standard experience that you would expect. And then they wanted to go to the Solution Exchange to check out, you know, vendors and, and partners and other stuff there. But then you went to the people down at the V community section. You know, the um, people in the V community, the, you know, Twitter group, the, um, the VCDX people that were hanging out there, the uh, V expert people that hung out there. I mean, that, you know, the V brown bag people were there. That, there was so much of a priority on networking there you know, and meeting up with people, um, VMUG leaders who wanted to make sure they're in touch with other VMUG leaders to talk about, um, you know, strategies for, you know, doing better in their VMUG. And, and uh, I mean, obviously, they were, they were going to sessions as well, and they were going to Solutions Exchange as well, you know, keynotes, hearing about the, the, the announcements that, you know, came out. I, but, you know, it was, it was interesting. The, the mix, like that, you know, down there, it was a different priority, right? Oh, yeah. And that was, um, I, I don't think it, it should be a surprise to nobody, like that kind of priority is a career accelerator, right? Plugging into the the, um, the advocacy group of, uh, and the community of, you know, whatever technology it is that you're passionate about, you know, people there will help you, you know, all day long. Oh, yeah. And honestly, it seems like those are the kind of people you meet and they can take you to that next job. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, you it want just to work somewhere and they know somebody who, you mm -hmm. know, has worked there and can tell you what it's like and, and who to talk to um, to figure out if you actually want to work there or they know somebody who works there who can, you know, coach you into a job like that. and and help you evaluate yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think whether people admit it or not, a lot of people come to conferences like this to look for jobs hmm. and network with other people. Oh, that's interesting. I, I did not think about that. I'm sure it happens. And I know that people have come to conferences and left with, like, you know, maybe a, a, a new agenda of, like, mm -hmm. oh, well, having met, like, these or hearing about this company and finding out what they're doing, you know, maybe I, maybe I want to work for them, you know. But I, I'm, I'm sure it happens. I'm absolutely sure it happens. Uh, I, I would say maybe once you're plugged into a community um, that, you know, if you have career advancement on your mind, you never really stop thinking about that, right? Um, you know, what's my next advancement? I, I, I mean... I guess maybe one thing that I do when I come to VMworld is I'm always talking to you know people in other business units and and the uh, you know product managers and and I don't specifically do it um, with you know job advancement in mind, but I don't do it not without job advancement in my mind. You know, like you know maybe you know I'm going to work with these people at some point in time and I need the contacts and I need to know who to talk to, you know, even on my customers' behalf, but. You know, those same contacts could be on my behalf as well. Right? So, did you get a chance to walk around the show floor much? I did. So, I went and talked to the vendors quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I, I got to spend the greater part of an afternoon on the last day of the Solution Exchange because they don't have it open on Thursday. Right. But my strategy is, though I do work for VMware, 
I like to go and learn about those vendors that I haven't heard of before. You know, what what does their product do? What kind of problems does it solve? Are they in some kind of new market that is, you know, coming up because of public cloud or some other trend? Mm -hmm. And I, I saw some interesting ones. I think uh, maybe a good idea would be to um, also, if you're connected with your local VMUG, to scout out like those vendors and, and suggest like one of them to your, you know, the, the VMUG leaders. Like that, oh, yeah. That might be something that would, that would be good. And I, I was trying to look at it. Obviously, most of the vendors here have some connection with the vendor that's putting on the show. So with VMware in this case. So if you go to a different conference, you may have some of the same vendors, but they may be different. Mm -hmm. I don't think I saw any that were like, no relation, just way off the map, not even close. Mm -hmm. they, they may not integrate with our technology specifically, but maybe in the same problem space mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where, we, where we live. But I actually <laughs> met uh, a gentleman, the name of his company I believe is NanoVMs. Mm. He was on a Datanauts podcast number 54 talking about unikernels. Really? Yes. Uh, and I had never heard of that term before. And I'm like, wait a minute. I heard a podcast about unikernels a long time ago, and I wondered why no one was talking about them. He goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was me. <laughs> Sweet. That's interesting. And now I want to look up what a unikernel is, but um, I'm... <laughs> we won't go into that. Yeah, this is not I, I a technical <laughs> podcast, but uh, anyway, it, it was good to go and, and meet with some of those vendors. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And hopefully if you're, if you're someone who's attending any conference, that you go and talk to the vendors in the solution exchange or vendor area, because even if you're not thinking in that problem space right now or your department doesn't have this challenge, just knowing about the product might give you that idea to kickstart a project later or to be the hero when, when the boss says you need to do something. It honestly, it could take you to new heights. Right, right. I think I mentioned before on the show that you know, in my first uh, real IT job, um, I went to an expo and that's where I came away with the name of the space of the software solution that we were actually looking for, an ERP solution, Enterprise Resource Planning. And I hadn't really heard that term before at the time, in 1998. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just that, hearing that term, I think got us, you know, one step closer to the solution of the problem that we had. So, yeah, totally, totally understand that. I, I got to walk the floor a little bit. Um, I was mostly scouting out for my customers because um, I wanted to bring them around. But um, so I think I probably had uh, blinders on, right, to, to, you know, all the different vendors that were out there because um, I was seeing the show floor through, you know, the imagined, the, the lens that I imagined my customers were, were going to have. And, uh, and I, there's, just a minimal amount of swag that I, I want. I don't want a squeeze toy. I, I don't take t-shirts or mugs or cozies uh, for bottles or, I mean, there's, you know, lighting flashing things like the, you know, the swag is pretty uh, not that useful for me. <laughs>
Yeah, I didn't get much swag this year myself. Oh, wait. No, I got socks. I got socks. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> An extra pair to protect your feet so you wouldn't get soreness or blisters? Oh, my goodness. If, if they had that magic power, they would have... They would have... Uh, they would not have been able to keep those things in stock. <laughs> One thing about a show like this is you just walk a lot, and unfortunately, sometimes you might stand around a lot. And if you stand around a lot, your feet just swell, or maybe my feet just swell. <laughs> so you kind of have to like keep active. There are a lot of people who, they don't have a bag that they're carrying around. Maybe they just went tablet or small tablet-like computer that they carry and that's it. Me, I like the full laptop experience, so I carry the backpack, but I make sure to set it down when I'm standing there talking to a vendor so that it's not pulling me into the ground and making me shorter every moment. Are you seriously walking around with a full laptop? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. I don't, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I think it's helpful if you're trying to take notes during a session or something like that. Hmm. Did you go? To, did you get to go to sessions? I think I went to two, two sessions, and they were both on the final day. Like same. Yeah, the our time is not our own. When no, you, it's really not. Yeah, so the I had you know my customer execs scheduling meetings um, because I'm local to the show. Um, my customers are local. And, so they, they came probably at a slightly higher rate. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. But, um, you know, a couple of lunches and a dinner. And, um, and then, you know, when my customers wanted to go to the show floor, I helped them, right? Like, mm -hmm. I had done that scouting, and I said, oh, I saw this, and I think you'd be interested. I saw this, I thought you'd be interested, and, and get them to go around and, and see a bunch of stuff. Wow, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's... Uh, <laughs> Then we have battery running out. Uh, I don't know what, what's next. Is somebody going to run by and steal the recorder? It's a good thing we had high availability with the batteries. <laughs> I think I just I turned on the uh, the recorder once and said, oh, that's like 33% battery. I can't imagine we're going to record that much. So I, it'll be fine. 16 but, uh, minutes later. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll just bring extra batteries is, is what I said. But then... Uh, our first uh, first iteration of this uh, episode, uh, this bonus episode, ended up being uh, quote unquote recorded onto a card that had a, a read, it was yeah. in read only mode. That was the B side that's just never gonna go out to the general public. Yeah, you know, you had to, you had to be there. Yeah. You know, when they did it in order to really, oh man, it was a great show. And for though. all the listeners that were gathered around while we were doing it, I yes. mean, at least they'll have something that'll last a lifetime. You a know nice what? memory. They're the only ones that, that got to, to witness that. Yes. Guys, why are they all so, walking away now? Oh, okay. So, you know, we talked about presentations in a previous episode, episode 41. How'd yours go? Uh, it went well. Yeah, I had like uh, probably 50 people. Um, uh, in an 80 seat venue like uh, I was pretty happy with that poll and uh, um, I got to to do a session on you know saving the IT department from uh, being marginalized basically in a business um, yeah it, it went really well I, I think that uh, 
I enjoyed doing it. It was a different experience from doing a, uh, a presentation at Spice World, you know, maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> that was, you know, a little bit more seasoned at doing the presentations. It'll be, it's, it's recorded and you can go look at it. I don't know if that Spice World one was recorded. Actually, you know, at a certain I, point in time, I think, I think it might have been. Yeah. We'll have to find it. I'll have to find if it. If I find it, I'll put it, in, I'll put it in the show notes. Definitely will not put it in the show notes. <laughs> so did you do Pecha Kucha? I did not. Just because I want to say it again? <laughs> was no. it all pictures? or? It was not all pictures. Oh, okay. No. Uh, just because of the format. Demo? No demo. No demo. But uh, it was, uh, it, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It went well. It was a lot of work. Um, you know, when a vendor <laughs> puts on a show like this, they want your slides three weeks ahead of time. And so I had to put quite a bit of work into it ahead of time to, to get it ready. But, um, How many times did you practice? Did, did you do a lot of practicing? Some people say that they just can't, that building the deck is enough. Uh, yeah, that, that is not me. Um, I think we did a... I heard... Maybe it was Frank Deneman or um, maybe it was Duncan Epping that was on Virtually Speaking, and he talked about not only building the deck, but actually running it a couple times to find out the inconsistencies maybe in the messaging that is on the slides or, you know, to figure out where you're saying what and where you're getting ahead of yourself as the deck progresses. So I kind of took that advice to heart and I, I ran it and um, you know, figured out my timing. Um, and then you had kind of given me a, a hint that uh, maybe the, um, the, uh, the, the speaker notes wouldn't be um, as visible. They, they ended up coming up in like three point t- uh, font, I think, uh, for me. So uh, I figured out what I was saying on each slide and I didn't have to rely on the speaker notes. So thank you, thank you for that tip, uh, for the heads up. Um, maybe I'll have to go through and figure out if I can increase the font for speaker notes. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that can be done, but uh, yeah, I, it, it went well. I, th- I think I got a good response. Uh, people asked questions after the session and, you know, maybe a little bit more specific to the situation. Now, so. did, did everybody follow you on LinkedIn after this? Did you get new connections from it? Or was that just the last slide? Yeah. Please follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Hashtag for the glory. I, I didn't put any of my contact info on the slide deck. I thought that would be a little bit gauche. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I couldn't remember seeing any VMworld decks with people's Twitter handles or LinkedIn uh, uh, info. So just off the top of my head, so I didn't do that. <laughs> so I don't think I got any follows except after uh, or. Um, uh, LinkedIn connections, except after one-on-one uh, discussions during the week. I'm sorry. They were there because they already follow you. That's what it is. <laughs> I actually put some jokes into the beginning of my presentation that I thought of, like on the, the, the on the day or the day before. I was gonna, you know, ask people like um, what level they were at in their um, in their responsibility within uh, their departments. You know, like individual contributor, manager, uh, director. VP level, um, and then I asked them how they heard about it. You know, did they just um, 
uh, look at the title and think it was provocative and, and sign up for it because of that. And I meant to say, and are you going to sit there with your arms crossed, like leaning away from me, you know, with a prove it look? <laughs> and then uh, um, I, I also, you know, meant to ask them if they, uh, and, you know, please be honest here, are you just sitting here because we're in an alcove and you were walking by and you went, oh, there's a place to sit? <laughs> How many people raised their hand? No, I, 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 can't, I rem- came up with a joke, but I, I neglected to give it because oh. it wasn't in my speaker notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also I said, I was going to say, how many people are here because they saw um, a session by the other John White who is presenting here at VMworld? <laughs> and they thought that it was going to be him again, and they just wanted to, to, uh, to hear him speak again because he was so informative. Uh, you know what? That's the other thing I meant to do. I meant to go to a session by the other John White, and I didn't. I feel bad about that. Can't win them all, man. Cannot win them all. I have to say that, because I did a V Brown bag. Yours was, what, 30 minutes, 25 minutes? Yeah, VMware code, and it was a 30-minute slot. Yeah. I did not have to turn my deck in in advance, thankfully. Mm. Not that I waited till the last minute, which I definitely did, but... <laughs> Interestingly enough, you know, in these situations that we were both in, you're using a computer that's not yours. Right. Either you send the deck in advance or you hand it to them on a USB and they pull it up. So in the case of mine, I I try not to put a lot in the speaker notes because I find that I don't always look at it or think to look at it while I'm talking. Mm -hmm. But when it's not there, you kind of go, oh, that's interesting. Because they put it in presenter mode and I'm going guess we're doing this without notes okay cool so i just went with it i figured if wait, i wait, didn't know it d- now you didn't have a note section at all well i put some stuff in the notes section in powerpoint uh-huh. i just couldn't see it on the computer as my presentation was going. oh because you were seeing like the presentation i was, I was seeing the presentation not the, not the presenter view Right. Oh, it's my like goodness. someone maybe just didn't turn that on mm. and they had already said go mm-hmm. and I didn't realize. I thought, okay, <laughs> you either know it or you don't. Right. But I did take your advice. I ran through it a few times because, you know, 12 minutes, you don't want to be the person that builds a presentation that's way too long and you don't get through it. Right. So I wanted to make sure it fit the time and I felt like every time I practiced it, I said something different. Maybe, I don't know if you have that issue. Definitely, yeah. But... Once I get in front of the audience and I, I try to make eye contact with people, you know, because it's a smaller atmosphere, you're probably talking 30 chairs or so, mm-hmm. and I find that sometimes I get ideas that were totally different than I had prepared for, like they just, it yeah. happens, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I think it went, it went okay. It was really hard to condense the information to 12 minutes. Mm. I feel like maybe if I keep doing if I keep blogging and working on this wavefront thing, maybe I could make a full session at some point. Right. Because it's been it's been pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. And you know, these sessions they span the gambit. It doesn't have to be technical. Some people do the softer side of things, you know, or or the softer side of technical things. Joseph <laughs> Griffith had a great presentation on uh, reducing operational debt. Mm-hmm. But he he did about 30 minutes and it was just slide with the picture slide with the picture and what he did to guard against the not able to see your notes thing he brought them he brought a hard copy or on his tablet or something like that mm. just just in case he needed them 
Right. Because, as we've talked about, you know, you could put a couple of bullets there. You don't want to be reading the slides, but enough to help you, okay, I need to go into detail on this and this right. and this. Speak extemporaneously instead yeah. of, like, scripted. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that, that's always better. I think it comes across more genuine. Yeah. I, I, I only got to sit through about a half of your um, presentation, <laughs> and then I uh, got called to come to a customer lunch, so... I apologize That's for that. That's all right. I didn't even come to yours because I was tied up as well. <laughs> it happens. It, it happens. It does happen. Our time is not our own. Time is not our own. <laughs> you ever want to go to a conference where no one knows who you are? I've thought about this. Hmm. Because I went to DevOps Days not too long ago, and I worked at the booth, which was really cool. I worked mm -hmm. at VMware booth. Got to talk to a lot of people who do things that are very different than what I did as a customer. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is good, but I'm still somewhere that people know who I am. Mm -hmm. And so they want me to hang out with them. Not that that's bad to continue those existing relationships, but mm -hmm. every now and then I just get this wild hair. What if I went to a conference somewhere where no one knows who I am and I can just talk to people and I don't have to feel bad about not talking to the people that I know? Mm. Just be an anonymous face in the crowd? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess um, my version of that is to not be, have any responsibilities or be accountable to anybody <laughs> at a show, right? Yes. You know? um, and uh, maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that, that would be interesting. I, I don't think I've done that for a long time. Because it's obviously different when you work for the company who's putting on the show. Right. It's not a bad different, it's just different. Right. Definitely. Or a partner exhibiting in mm -hmm. the, the show area have you how was that booth experience i i it's been a while since i've done that too it was good you know talking to people what do you do because we've all been to vendor booths if you've come to trade shows like this i don't like to be the oh have you heard of this have you heard of this have you heard of this can we get you a poc <laughs> mm -hmm. just more of a how's it going how's the show been because I did get to go to some sessions at DevOps Days, and they mm. were actually quite good. Cool. And what, w what was your favorite thing that was discussed? And what do you do? And so then they would start to ask questions, and it was more of a conversation than mm. a, let me shove, you, shove this down your throat. Right. And I even talked to some guys that were trying to, I guess, sell the DevOps methodology to management. Mm. They said that their management was more manufacturing focused while while they were software engineers. Right. I said, you read the Phoenix Project, right? <laughs> yeah. Go read the goal. Because that's what the Phoenix Project is based on right. and it'll teach you a lot about lean manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can use that to go talk to your management who has a background in manufacturing. I mean, it's right in the Phoenix Project. Like the, the person is teaching him to do the thing in software from a manufacturing plant. Yeah. So, um, I can't yeah. imagine why, oh, it's manufacturing, it's not applicable. Well, and, and maybe the person who was in manufacturing just doesn't see the similarities. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, that, it's that generalist mindset, you know. Sure. This is cross-disciplinary in its application. And I got invited to something, maybe you sent me the invite. I, I have no idea how I got on the list, but it was um, 
kind of an SRE forum, site oh, reliability you get to go to that? engineering. Yeah, I missed out. Oh, that was great. Was it? Yeah, I I have no idea how. I, I, I sent it to you. You sent it to me. Yes. Oh, okay. And then I couldn't go because I had a, <laughs> a thing to go to. That was fascinating because really? it was a discussion with at least two people who had um, uh, a Google SRE, a woman who had run a team of people who transitioned from um, regular IT operations to more of an SRE mindset, mm. and then like a, a VMware person who had sold like uh, not sold, but like you know he was I guess in. Uh, professional services so he's like a pretty advanced consultant like senior consultant and uh, um, had run many many DevOps workshops for companies wow yeah to, to sell the DevOps mindset and then uh, so site reliability engineering is you know an interesting implementation I think is how they put it of the DevOps mindset um, a specific uh, outcome of it and uh, you know Google basically wrote the book, like, you know, actually literally wrote the book on, you know, the, the, how SREs work and, um, it, you know, having, you know, read through some of that and then going to this uh, session, it was interesting. And, and I have some customers that, you know, are, you know, kind of being a little bit more cloudified, you know, as, a, you know, offering things as a service. And it's interesting to note how differently their approach is from this SRE approach, and that that was an interesting contrast that I came across. It, it, I don't know exactly how to make that actionable, right? Because hmm. it's difficult to go to somebody and say, "Hey, you're doing it wrong." Like, you know that that doesn't help, right? Like, you know, how do we help you on the journey? You know, so. was that one recorded? Do you know? No, it was not. Oh. There's no way it was recorded. So I will say if you're listening and you're interested in that SRE mindset, there was someone who gave a talk at DevOps Days Dallas. I would hope the recordings are up by now, mm -hmm. but he talked about systems administration to SRE and how he made the jump mm. to get there. Mm -hmm. I'll have to go back and watch it again, but if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something that people out there could transition to who want out of the operation space well interestingly enough it was in the operation space right sure um but it was an interesting subset of it with a different methodology like they it was also a place for people who wanted to remain broad because an sre has to be you know broad in how they approach things they have to know a little bit about all the technologies that are being used by the team that their um, SRE practice is supporting, team or teams, right? Mm -hmm. They have to know about all that technology and then they have to, um, you know, consult with the team to build up like an appropriate architecture. Um, this is all stuff that I learned at the session. It's not stuff that I, I knew ahead of time. You know, um, consult with the team that's building up the architecture as they're building the application or you know software and then um, you know kind of monitor how uh, mature it is and uh, whether it's mature enough in its supportability to be able to be handed off to the SRE team so the team that's actually writing the software is wearing the pagers for the first section of its life 
and only when they've written run books for all the different things that could go wrong and, and actually mitigated some of those things to minimize how often they happen um, do they hand it off to an SRE team. So this idea of, you know, throw the pig over the wall, like, it goes away. It's like there is a maturity, you know, maturity curve, and once you hit kind of the long tail of that maturity curve or, you know, um, you can definitely see, like, an acceleration, you know, towards maturity, you know, only then does it get handed off to the SREs. So that was fascinating to hear about. Yeah, I, I, I think it, you know, might be... Um, a big part of the future for IT operations, especially at scale, right? When you're talking about companies that are operating services at scale, you know, global scale, you know, whatever scale in, in there that has an appropriate um, view on um, risk versus innovation. That was something that came out, you know, um, if you they have this concept of error budgets. It's like, you know, because generally things are, are microservices and, and distributed and they're changing a little bit at a time, you know, if like 1% of the, the customer base or the user base is impacted, um, is that an outage or is it, you know, like not an outage? So can you say, oh, we weren't ever down, we were down 100% when 1% of your customers or users were not up? You know, like how do you account for that? So they, they have... Um, a, a different way of thinking about it called an error budget. And, and there's an acceptance that when you, you know, if you have a tiny, tiny error budget, you will be very stable, but you will not change. Because you can't change. You can't innovate when you are stable and static, right? So the error budget also represents the rate of change of the product. And advancement is change. So you can be extremely stable, but that also means that you're extremely static. So in order to advance, you have to accept instability in at least you know some subset of your transaction. So it was it was just fascinating, you know. Uh, it was a different mindset, yeah. different mindset than oh, this is our maintenance window, right? Um, once I'm a kicking month. myself for not making it to that. Oh yeah, I'll just regurgitate it all here. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> No, read the uh, the Google SRE handbook. I think um, it's uh, it's maybe not a cover to cover read, but like you know, every once in a while, pick up a chapter, pick up a section. You know, um, their view on risk was fascinating. So, like while you're at Starbucks, while you're brushing your teeth, <laughs> while you're eating breakfast. Yeah, yeah. No, so you know, I I talked about you know, thirty minutes once a week, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, if they don't want to change from that, that's that's fine. Then you're never gonna then you're never gonna change. But you know, what about two minutes a month? You know, <laughs> and and that's what they thought was more appropriate. In fact, I brought up the idea of maintenance windows, and they went, "Ooh, I haven't thought about maintenance windows, you know, in years." <laughs> um, and that was fascinating to me because I was not expecting that reaction. You know, I was mm-hmm. expecting like. Oh yeah, those you need to cut those down or or increase them. You know, you need to accept more time, you know, down. But no, they were talking about they were not thinking about the entire thing being down ever. See, that's a perfect illustration because I wonder how many people out there go to just one conference or two conferences, whether regardless of size, 
and they hear a talk that changes or shapes their mindset a little bit more, mm -hmm. kind of grows your base of knowledge a little bit outside your current area. Right. Like there's this other thing out there and yeah. here's a little bit about what it is and then you get to decide if I should go and learn more about that because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, hopefully if you're going to a conference, you're going to not go to every session on one topic. Oh yeah, you need to spread it out. In fact, you need to probably find something that you don't know anything about, like at that conference, or a track that you know nothing about, and take like one of their entry-level like you know sessions on that, right? Because yeah, like if you had come to us and your interest was you know, this this conference, if you had just thought about storage and taken all storage sessions I mean you would have gotten deep on storage but you would have missed everything else that happened around yeah here, you know and this SRE thing was like hey maybe this is in your future as like a as a career path and I was like well it is not but like I need to know like way more about it like yeah. definitely for sure sure you know That's for the cool. sake of my customers <laughs> or who knows John could be an SRE in the future. That may be, it may be. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe I need to get back into operations and work for uh, a company that's uh, starting to bring things out as a service. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that the path back to operations is uh, is going to be a, a good one for me. Maybe you could start a company or a school of mentoring that provides career as a service. <laughs> Kaz. <laughs> Be happy to help you Maz. get the license and pricing model on that. Oh, together. okay. Yeah, that, I, I wish you had mentioned that a little bit earlier. I'm uh, partnering with a different company, um, <laughs> and uh, we're kind of f far down the path. Yeah. But uh, oh, are you? But yeah, I'll get back to you. Okay. I'll get back to you. Okay. You never know. In the you future. already found a venture capitalist <laughs> to fund it. Oh, you know, they did have a booth, the the Level Up Project, I believe it was, had a booth here where you could go and talk to people about your career, oh, things really? of that nature. I had heard of the Level Up Project, I, that's the people who do the, the trail map? Yes, that, I so? believe it was started originally by Yadin Porter de Leon. Okay. And he's had several other folks join in to, to help write the trail map. It's a pretty neat document, you know, it has the a list of experts in different areas that you should meet or could talk to and yeah. how to get involved in different community things. It's a, it's an amazing like a give back to the community resource. Sure. I I cannot say enough about that. Every community needs people like that involved, right? Um, who say, Hey, you know, um, you're a first timer at this conference here's like a path for you to take that can help you get value out of it. And I think that's who it's focused on, you know, because I don't know, every conference like this that, that VMware runs, it's something like, I want to say more than 25% of the people are, it is the first VMworld that they're attending. And it's completely overwhelming to us who have been here a few times. Yeah. yeah. I... One of my customers, this was his first time out. And I mean, I had to, we, we put together a spreadsheet. Here are the sessions we think you should go to based on what you said interests you, mm -hmm. you know? 
and I think he enjoyed himself. But you know, take Spice World for example, Spice mm-hmm. World Austin, smaller conference, small to medium business mostly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they had a community built program, new the Spice Buddy program. Mm-hmm. So it was really started by this guy named Darren Schoen. If you don't know him, super cool dude. Mm-hmm. But the idea was we're going to have this boot camp on the first, the night before the conference starts and answer all the questions that first timers to the conference have, help them get plugged in, give them advice on what they could or should be doing and just let them talk to people who have been a number of times. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine what a program like that could be like at a big conference like this or yeah, yeah. something bigger like a Cisco Live or or AWS reInvent, Google Next. Yeah, yeah. Dreamforce, Oracle Open World. Insert other conference name here. Conferences that we've forgotten, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think this has been exhausting but good. Mm-hmm. Exhausting but good. And we should, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in the future we'll do a... Um, We'll do a meetup, um, like an official meetup in a restaurant or, or, or something like that, you know. Uh, um, probably not. <laughs> Should do something. Right, right. We keep, we keep talking about it. Yeah. No, the, the, the Nerd Journey community comes together at Oracle Open World. Um, that would mean that we needed to go to Oracle Open World. Yeah, we'd have to get there first. Yeah. Same thing for re-event, re- same thing for, uh, oh no. If anybody out there would like to fund us going to a conference. <laughs> and having a pl- nerd journey. Please tweet out to at Nerd Journey. We could pull at least two people to have a meetup like that, at least. I mean, between the two of us, we could get at least two people uh, to, to show up. I mean, probably would be us two, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And but no, then, no less than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could handle going to five, uh, five shows a year. Tell Technologies World. Thank you. <laughs> there's one I was forgetting. <laughs> I, no, there's a bunch I'm forgetting. Uh, yeah. Vimon. I mean, Vimon. That's right. Uh, Ignite. Microsoft Ignite. Uh, the puppet show yeah KubeCon DockerCon Chef Chef Soup no no Chef Uh, Top Chef I don't know oh no there's a Chef conference yeah there's a Chef conference DevCon lots of them Black Hat security ones that we don't know alright we'll we'll stop with the conference buzzwords (laughs) any any closing thoughts John I would say that um, coming to a conference is definitely something that you can do to accelerate your career as long as you are um, keeping in mind, you know, and mindful about um, plugging into a community ahead of time, right? So do it. Find a way to do it. You don't need to spend a ton of money. You don't need to go to, like, a, a giant conference. So just, you know, find your people ahead of time, you know, find your community, and then find out where they're going. You know, find out if they're um, going and if they're going to have a meetup, and, uh, or if there's a you know, community section you know, where they're going to hang out. So, 
How about yourself? My advice is, regardless of whether you're going for your company, that whether you work for the company who's putting on the conference, or you're going to the conference as a customer or potential customer, or even if it's a conference that's just a general topical thing, mm -hmm. if you go with a coworker, be yourself. Take some time to do stuff that you want to do too. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is don't go to all the same sessions as your coworkers. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think you should have to do that or feel the need to. Right. If, if anything, your, your, your organization is missing out. Yeah. Right, by, uh, by having you concentrated instead of being spread out and covering more stuff. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to get more out of a conference too, by the way, is to yeah. have like a conference buddy and make sure that you don't go to the same sessions or, you know. You want to eat lunch together, yeah. breakfast and dinner? Fine. Go do different stuff and learn different things. Talk to different vendors. Yeah, yeah. and then brief each other. Yeah. Right? Brief each other. You know, here's the five important things I got out of that session, you know. So, and, awesome. you know, get some sleep. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Try to. Don't don't be the person who comes home sick because uh, you didn't sleep. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, my belated advice is uh, don't commute to the conference. <laughs> Stay at a hotel close by. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't remember if we gave the advice to see if there's a... Um, See if there's a uh, Airbnb or something. Like Airbnb? Nearby. Yeah, like if you know if you book far enough ahead, the rates are can be pretty reasonable. Uh, so, all right, ready to get out of here? Yeah, it looks like they're packing up lunch now here in Moscone West. They may pack us up and force us out of here if we're not quick. I, th I think it's 40 minutes until. The lunch is actually over, but uh, uh, for some reason they're they're breaking down. They're breaking down everything, and that's their uh, subtle cue for everybody to get out. <laughs> All right, Nick, uh, let's get out of here. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was that was definitely a uh, a conversation that I could hear us uh, getting more and more tired <laughs> as it went on, but it was still really cool to re-listen to our thoughts in the moment. It definitely was, and it was totally unscripted, much like this intro and outro, right? Yeah, absolutely. I that that was interesting too. I mean, unscripted, even though we had to record it twice. Uh, you know, uh, always be sure about uh, whether your SD card is on. Uh, uh, read-only mode <laughs> before you record on on your equipment that that's my uh, my lessons learned from from that yeah a dry run is so overrated in my mind don't you think especially yeah. needing to check the equipment come on yeah I mean I, I'm not sure why why that would ever actually be necessary but um, it's good that you know it was just us and uh, we had the time to, to redo it but uh, I, I do wish that we had maybe gone around and arranged some time to talk to other people and, and record their, uh, their impressions right in that moment, you know? Yeah. I think we could do better on that next time. And again, it, it's a little challenging when you don't fully control your schedule. So I think that's part of the issue because 
it would have been bad to schedule something with someone and then oh we need to we need to go meet with the customer instead yeah absolutely just the the need to basically not own your own time that's uh that puts uh, pressure on things i one of the the main takeaways that like i got you know re-listening to that that discussion that we had was how attending a conference the right way can be a career accelerator just all the different networking that you can do all the different people that you can meet um you know we had the advantage of being vets at it but i think that um looking at other people and how they were treating it you know and it, it, it's just you know awe-inspiring and i wish i had learned that lesson a lot earlier yeah, and if you're listening, you could make the most of any technology conference or any industry specific conference even for that matter, and it can it can take you to new heights. So just keep that in mind as you as you put some thought into planning your time while you're there. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh anything else pop into your mind before we get out of here? No, sir. Just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at Journeyman for Nick Cordy, at Network underscore, signing off. Adios. talking with my mouth full people love that by the way in podcasts when you're eating into the mic making food noises yeah it's like the anti-asmr i looked it up asmr is apple sensory meridian response from from this week did you do you feel like you yeah who's low energy baby (laughs) i lost it i've lost all my questions